Welcome to Storytelling with a Purpose, a Memory Fox production. I am your host, Carly Euler. And I am Celine Chrisan. And we are here with someone we are so excited to talk to about storytelling culture, building a culture of storytelling specifically at your nonprofit organization. That has been our theme that we've been chatting about all throughout May. And personally, it's it's a topic that I just find so endearing that people, um, you know, we all have these great stories that we like to tell and that we know we need to tell. But a lot of times we just don't have everyone at your organization feeling like they have an important story to tell or that they are a part of the bigger story. So without further ado, how about we just introduce our guest today? Thanks, Carly. So we are joined by Jordana Merkin. Jordana is the founder and CEO of Voice for Good, where she equips small nonprofits with the tools and knowledge to share their big stories through meaningful messaging, guides, strategic marketing plans to really help raise awareness and funds for their nonprofit. And she's just a super good time and you'll really learn a lot from her. So welcome, Jordana. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So our first question that we love to always ask people is, tell us your story. What got you to here where you are today? My story. So um, I've always been a big reader, a big writer, you know, as a kid, as a teenager. And I got to college, I decided to major in English. Um, and then, you know, the joke about the English major, like, what do you do with that? Um, so I was also at the same time minoring in both sociology and creative writing. Um, and I was really drawn to, you know, all of these different areas of study and thinking about how to combine them. And I started taking some advertising courses and I was was like, you know what, I'm going to go into copywriting. And I was really drawn to how, how people think en masse, right? How do you make that mass communication feel personal? Um, and so I, I used all of that to go into, I did several copywriting, you know, advertising internships in for-profit advertising and marketing spaces. And I realized that I did enjoy the work, but I needed to be marketing a mission. I just didn't care what I was marketing at the time. So I um, got my first job out of college in nonprofit um, and I haven't looked back. So since then I've been, um, I was for about a decade, I was in-house at several different nonprofits wearing every different marketing communications hat. And then for the past three or so years, um, I've been working as a consultant primarily with smaller organizations to help them clarify their messages and connect with those who matter most to their missions. Wow. Yes. What a journey. Okay. First of all, two things. You mentioned how your major, you were saying, oh, what do you do with an English major? Listen, I have a government major. Um, Don't ask me what I've done with it. No clue. Um, But second, so I'm also always curious when people say, oh, I worked in a nonprofit. I did marketing. I did communications. What was your title? Because I know personally, your title means almost never what you're actually doing. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I have to think back. My first title, I think, was probably like marketing and social media manager or something wow. like that. I'm not. I'm not sure. It changed. Yeah, full time jobs. <laughs> totally. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it changed, and then it changed again. And I yeah, just love that. especially at nonprofit, it's you know, well, you're wearing all the hats no matter what department you're officially in. So. Um, 
So yeah, I'm not even sure what words were used there. I just (laughs) always love that. I find it so fascinating. Like I think my title was like development associate for like three years and I did like Mm -hmm. 12 different things throughout those years. And I'm like, what? So so cool. So awesome. Thanks for sharing all of that. Um, Okay. So I know one big thing that you like to chat about and inform people about is remembering the story over the stat or the statistic. Can you give us an example of that and how it can be effective in organizational storytelling? Yeah. So Chip and Dan Heath co-wrote the book Made to Stick. And in it, um, Chip writes about how in his Stanford classroom, where he's a professor, um, he does an experiment where he has his students um, give one-minute speeches about crime patterns in the United States. And then following those presentations, he has of the rest of the students in the classroom write down everything they can remember. And though they've just heard the presentation, only 5% of them remember any given stat from the presentation. Um, and 63% remember the stories. So it's, and I know I just use stats to prove that, but um, the point Yeah, you remembered the stats. You, you remembered the stats. <laughs> well, I also have them written down. But, um, but, but I just also, I mean, those are important to me. I write them down because, you know, that's really the basis for all of it, right? That 63 versus that five. Even if, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't remember those specific numbers, um, because if you're not thinking about this as often as I do, you probably won't. Um, you know, the point remains the same, right? That so many more people remember that story than any given stat. Stories are really what make us human. They're what connect us to each other. They're what stick in our brains and what stick us to each other. And that's important both internally and externally. Um, and when everyone is really telling that same story, um, That's both like I talk about a big picture story and day to day stories. So, you know, the big picture story is the answer to what do you do? Right. So that's a chance to tell a story about your work as a whole. Um, And when you're telling that story consistently across the board, right, all of your internal people, including your board, are telling that same story, then that message resonates much louder with your people. Um, And you're going to attract the right people to your organization when you can be consistent about that as well. So the stories are really at the core of all of that key messaging. I love that. I know personally here at Memory Fox, that is like one of our big things because obviously, um, you know, when you work at a nonprofit, you know, all the boots on the ground work you're doing, you know, the big impact you're making, you probably know all those statistics, but, um, you know, to the outside world without like that storytelling context, it's really so hard to conceptualize just exactly the impact you're making. So I I absolutely love that. 100% cosine. Right. Absolutely. And that impact piece is also, you know, when someone asks, what do you do? The answer is really your why, right? You're not necessarily answering the what. You're, you should be at least answering with your why, with your impact, with the, you know, really like that, you know, that big picture story, the framework that I use with an organization when working on their messaging is, you know, we start with, that question of what do you do? And then we ask, why is that important? At least three times to really peel back the layers of that onion to really get to that essential impact, right? Because yes. it's not just that we, you know, I work with um, a school for children with developmental differences. And the answer to that, what do you do is, okay, we teach children with developmental challenges. But really, when someone asks that question, you know, 
you want to peel back those layers. So why is that important? So they have somewhere to go to school? Yes. But then why is that important, right? So they have, they, they can learn at their own level. And then why is that important? You know, so they can really reach their potential with a strong foundation for future success. And once you're talking about that foundation and future success, and like, really, that's your opportunity to tell that big picture story. That third answer is your big picture story. And that's really how you're connecting to people, right? Because it's much deeper and, you know, shares your impact in a much more relatable way than, you know, we educate children with developmental differences, which is true. Um, But, you know, you want to be sharing that story in a way that really connects. 100%. I love when you're talking about um, – you use a lot of Seth Godin quotes in your presentation, which I just I wanted to give you snaps for because I love him. <laughs> um, and shifting the way we think a little bit about marketing, right? And marketing is storytelling. And when we're in the nonprofit space, it, it we are telling stories. And we're not just marketing a product, right? We're marketing a service. We're marketing the why. We're marketing the transformation. So, And we were lucky enough to have a wonderful webinar with you, um, which we will make sure we link to in the show notes. Uh, But there was something that you talked about that really resonated with our audience and people asked a lot of questions about, which was your day-to-day storytelling checklist. Can you talk about that? And can you tell us how we can use those? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, when I work with an organization, we talk about two different types of stories. So one is that big picture story that we just talked about, right? But then the day-to-day stories are the ones that we're generally thinking about when we think of nonprofit storytelling, right? Those are those, you know, success stories, if you will, right? The ones that you're going to share that really drive home that impact. Um, And they're not necessarily, you know, reflective of all of your work as a whole, um, but they're the ones that happen day to day, right? But um, it is important that that big picture story is there, right? So you're going to be supporting the big picture story with every day to day story. Um, You know, that, again, just to go back to that example of the special needs preschool, that reaching their potential with a strong foundation for future success, you want to make sure that that theme is threaded through the day-to-day story so that it connects to your work as a whole. Um, And that's how you're going to, you know, also gain that traction with your people around your day-to-day stories. Um, You're going to want to be telling a story of one person at a time. That's when it's most impactful, when you can really connect that big picture story to one person in one instance. And you also want to be telling a story of that person's transformation, right? So even if it's small, and this is also where I find some people get hung up on, well, you know, that wasn't, was that a huge transformation? That wasn't a life transformation. Sometimes our stories are that big, but they don't have to be. They can really just be small things that happened as a result of your organization And you want to share that transformation from point A to point B. It doesn't necessarily need to be point A to point Z, right? Um, And then you want to position your organization as the guide. Um, So I also quote Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand a lot um, because it's an excellent Mm -hmm. storytelling framework. Um, And he always says that, you know, you want to be the guide, not the hero, right? So when you're telling your stories, your subject is your hero. Your audience can be your hero as well. Um, And you want to connect those two, and you're just there to make it happen. So you are, you're not, it's not about you and your work. It's about those you serve. So I think we get caught up in thinking 
how we need to have these big transformational stories, right? In nonprofits, we're like, okay, we can't tell those small daily stories. Um, I work with a, a theater nonprofit myself, and they're like, well, this story is just someone got up on stage and sang. And I'm like, but that is a beautiful moment, right? That moment of someone getting, a child getting the confidence and making friends and being creative. Those moments I, are the magic. Yeah, 100%. The example that I gave in the webinar that I'm, you know, is one of a little girl named Maddie who went to that special needs preschool. And at graduation, she actually said, you know, I, I feel, you know, I feel nervous about going to a new school and I feel nervous about making friends, but I know what I learned here at this school will help me do that. And I heard that story because I overheard that story. I heard one of their teachers um, telling that story to another one of their therapists just saying like, oh, how sweet is that that she said that? And I was like, you know, it is seemingly small, right? Like she hasn't even made the friends yet. It's not a success story of now she's this social butterfly. But the fact that she even feels confident enough to do that is huge. And that's, again, going back to their big picture story is that reaching her potential with that strong foundation for future success. So it does really reflect that. Um, And I was like, are you not going to tell that to me? (laughs) But, you know, to them, it didn't feel, you know, it was something they were really proud of internally. But I felt like this was something that could really gain external traction as well. And again, that's having everyone internally needs to believe that they have the stories to tell as well, because they do. Anyone who works with an organization in any way is going to have some kind of story to tell. Um, And then when everyone's on the same page about what that means internally, that's how growth happens externally. I love that. I think that um, there's so many people that work you know, I guess, quote unquote, behind the scenes at a nonprofit, you know, they're like in the accounting department, or they're doing operations stuff. And that is so, so important to the overall success of the nonprofit. But you go and ask them, um, you know, maybe what store for a story, and they're like, Oh, I, I don't do anything interesting. There's nothing, I have nothing to share. And it's like, well, actually, you help like build the budgets and like create and like allocate funds. And a lot of people do find that stuff really interesting. And it is interesting. I mean, if you're a donor and you're thinking like, oh, I'm, I wonder what the whole process is. How do they determine where my money goes? Like, those are important stories that I think sometimes, cert- like you were alluding to, certain people are like, oh, well, I just, that's not a story I could tell. Like, I'm not a storyteller. But um, I just love this whole concept of all the stories are interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And Carly, you bring up a really important point about, you know, we talked about the the obvious subjects, I'll say, you know, like the subject is generally those you serve, right? But that doesn't always have to be the case. And it's actually better if it's not, right? Because then you present this more well-rounded view of your organization. To your point, like a donor wants to see how the inner workings happen and what, the, the again, the people behind the organization. It's that stories make for human-to-human connection. So yeah, that's storytelling should come from all angles. So it's those you serve, certainly, but it's also your staff, um, even your those who are not forward-facing, um, those, you know, your board members, your volunteers. It's really anyone who again, has a story to tell about about your organization and your organization's impact. And when you have that down internally, it also, you know, it fosters this sense of we're all on the same team, right? We're all telling stories for the same purpose because we have that big picture story and that's at the heart of our why and the heart of our impact. Um, 
And then it's also good, you know, it's good for retention because even on those tough days, you know, people feel connected and, you know, remembering why they're there is important. Um, and then it's right for attracting talent also, right? I mean, I I call everything marketing, so <laughs> but I'm gonna have that bias. Mm-hmm. But you know, in you know, attracting talent to your organization is not necessarily how we think of marketing, but it's really it's that public persona, right? It's what you're putting out there. Um, and so when you are looking to hire someone new, how consistent are you in the story that you're telling? And you know, are they gonna understand that story even when they come to their first interview, right? What does that look like? Um, and if they're seeing that alignment, you know, with who they are. Um, in the, in your storytelling, then, you know, that's going to put you all in a better place from, from the beginning. So, I mean, it's definitely important to have that, you know, well-rounded perspective on storytelling too. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. Let's talk a little bit more about specifically what you do. So, um, I know you coach organizations. So how, um, specifically do you integrate things like ethical storytelling and best practices into the work that you do? Yeah. So around ethical storytelling in particular, I think a lot about, I've spent a lot of time in the special needs and you know different ability communities. And there, there's a phrase that comes up a lot, which is nothing about us without us. And I think a lot about that in terms of ethical storytelling across all cause areas, because you want to be telling a story with someone, not about them. So from the beginning, you want to make sure that you have buy-in, that you have their consent um, at a minimum, right? You need to understand that they need to understand how you're going to be using this story um, or that you're going to be using this story. And even if you're speaking to someone and something comes up and you don't know how you're going to be using it yet, that's okay. But, you know, just having that transparency and again, like building that human to human relationship, even before you're telling the story, just, um, you know, to establish that from the outset. Um, you also want to focus on the whole person, um, right? Because the the part of their life that may have brought them to your organization may not be a part of their life that they're proud of. Um, and so you want to really give dignity to their whole being. And, you know, you're not going to tell their entire life story, but really make sure that it's not just about that, you know, potentially low point in their lives. Um, and again, they're the hero of the story, right? You're just the guide. You, you know, your organization helped this transformation happen, but it's their story and they are the story's hero. Um, and so you also don't want to sensationalize or exaggerate, right? The story is has value for the story itself. You don't need to be Again, to go back to that Maddie example, it's it's a tiny little transformation, right? The fact that she even felt ready, um, that's a beautiful thing in and of itself. Um, and so you don't need to be, you know, playing it up into something it isn't, um, because then you can also get into some places of, you know, perpetuating harmful stereotypes, which of course we never want to do for the people we serve. You also want to think about what language to use and not to use. Um, part of what I do when I put together a messaging guide for an organization is we work on a word bank with a very specific list of words to use and words not to use. And often the do not use list is more important than the do use list. Um, my first job out of college um, was at the National Down Syndrome Society. And on my first day at that first job, my supervisor explained to me very clearly, these are the, this is the way we talk about people with Down Syndrome, and this is the way we don't talk about people with Down Syndrome. Um, you know, and it's subtle, 
but it matters. Um, for example, in that community, person first language is very important. So it would be a person with Down syndrome rather than a Down syndrome person. Um, and, you know, so I was like, okay. And in all of our communications, that was consistently how we talk about people with Down syndrome. So, you know, thinking about how that applies to your organization is important because again, it's that consistent message internally that's going to resonate louder externally. And if everyone is using different language, that's going to muddle your message. Um, and then just in terms of ethical storytelling, lastly, just to remember that no one owes you anything, right? So it's often when we provide you know, we have wonderful missions and we do them, you know, we execute on them in such an excellent way that we sort of have this expectation sometimes of like, well, you know, we changed this person's life entirely. Um, you know, how can we not share this story? But it's still their story. And so when we think about, um, you know, how to tell stories, again, we want that permission, we want their buy-in and we want to do it with an understanding that, even after they tell the story, it's still their story. And so they they should have the control over how it's told. I, yeah, amazing. I love all of this. Um, specifically thinking about how you were saying the definitions. Mm-hmm. Do you ever come across a nonprofit, maybe a board or maybe just a staff that it, they have trouble adop- adopting the new language? or um, and, and how do you go about maybe helping them get past that? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's generally, it's generally not new, right? It's just kind right. of I'm never looking to reinvent the wheel, right? When I work with an organization, it's just really thinking about what's going to best serve their, their audiences, right? So that's both the people that they serve and their supporters. Um, sometimes depending on the organization, that's, you know, overlapping groups, sometimes they're completely separate, but really thinking about those words and, and those audiences and how they're going to be heard, right? And again, it's all rooted in that big picture story. So once everyone internally is on the same page, then there's generally a clear understanding of the why. So, you know, if we're using that person first language example, then that's, you know, because people with Down syndrome don't want to be defined by their Down syndrome. So you're not going to say a Down syndrome person, you're going to say a person with Down syndrome. And generally, there's not a lot of pushback once there's that understanding. Um so, yeah, I think, again, it's about that that human-to-human connection, both internally and externally. So it's about having these conversations internally so everyone gets on the same page. And then also externally, thinking about your audience, right? We talk a lot about, when I work, again, on messaging, we talk a lot about, it's another Seth Godin one, but it's people like us do things like this, right? So it's thinking about who who your people like us are and what are the things they do. So thinking about your audience's values and how they align with yours and how you're going to use those values to attract people to your mission, right? Because it's also so hard to think about, you know, well, why doesn't everyone care about what we do? Um, But there are lots and lots and lots of nonprofits out there. And there are even other nonprofits that do similar things to what you do. So why your organization, right? What are your key differentiators? And a big part of that is your values. And it's how people need to feel that they are being seen, right? So I often say, show me, you know me, right? Think about your audience saying that when they read whatever communication it is, or they watch whatever video it is, you need to show them that you know them. It's not about the story you want to tell. Um, It's about 
you know, as we said, the subject of your story, but also how your audience is going to hear that story. Um, and that's something you need to consider both sides of, and, you know, in all of your communications to be successful. Uh, show me, you know me. I love that. <laughs> Carly, don't you love that? I really do love that. That is brilliant. <laughs> Okay. We have learned a lot. I mean, my gosh, this topic, we could talk about it for days. I mean, there's just so much to dig in about. I I mean, you obviously, you know that you do this every day, Um, (laughs) but let me just wrap up with one final question. If you don't mind, I really always get great answers here. I love to ask people, tell us a story of someone who has inspired you. And I should say, you don't have to say myself. (laughs) <laughs> well, of course you, Carly. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll give you the out. You don't have to say another me. person, a, a second yes. person. Right. The um, next person that comes to mind. Right. <laughs> um, this is hard, but I think, I feel like I'm like accepting an award. <laughs> I need to think. Um, I think, you know, if my parents have had a huge influence on me in terms of generosity and giving back. I grew up in a very community minded home um, where they supported causes, both that were very close to home and also that extended outside of our, you know, immediate circles. And just the importance of looking out for other people was something that I was really raised with in a big way. Um, And still, I mean, my mom just told me, just talking about a new organization that she's volunteering with and has gotten really involved with. um, And, you know, so I continue to be inspired by them and, you know, their work in giving back and, you know, take that with me and my work every day. Wow. So you grew up with the culture of storytelling as well. And now this is what you do. I love it. Exactly. It's in your blood. It is. <laughs> so tell us, how can we support you? How can we connect to you? Um, and give us a quick wrap up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, I work on messaging guides um, and also communication plans and strategy with organizations. I offer both done for you and done with you services. Um, so mostly with smaller organizations. So I'm happy to connect with anyone interested in exploring any of those options. I'm on LinkedIn at Jordana Merkin. I'm on Instagram at Voice for Good. Um, I have some freebies on my website at Voice for Good marketing.com backslash freebies. Um, If you want to get started with your own storytelling or messaging guide or marketing plan, I have some prompts on there to get you going. Um, Otherwise, I'm, you know, happy to be in touch. Thank you, Jordana. Thank you. Jordana, I will just ask one more thing. I know you are the founding, one of the founding members of We Are For Books, um, which is a quarterly book club for nonprofit professionals, correct? Could you tell us where people could get involved with that too? Yes, absolutely. So We Are For Books um, is, yes, it's a quarterly book club. We have had, you know, again, time of recording. We have had one meeting in April and we have our next one in July. Um, I actually just posted, we, you know, we just chose the next book. We're reading um, from Generosity Justice um, by Darren Walker, which I'm very excited about. 
Um, and yeah, we're, we are hosted in the, we are for good community. Um, and so that is a free community. Anyone can join and it's an amazing resource to anyone who works in and around nonprofits. So shout out to John and Becky and everyone at we are for good for that. Um, and they have generously allowed us to host, we are for books on their platform. So yeah, we meet quarterly, um, and we discuss, um, in different ways through memory fox videos and um and also just you know in the chat forum so so yeah definitely join us so exciting yeah if you're a nonprofit profit professional and you think like oh i want to learn about some new trends or some new concepts and you want to learn alongside other professionals um this is a great way to do it carly we got to get reading let's do I mean, it i know i know i gotta get that book <laughs> me too i haven't started yet either we've got time Okay, full disclosure, the founder said she also doesn't have the book yet, so we're okay. So we're fine. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, Thank well then, again. let's wrap it up. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks Thank for joining you. us today. Thank you so much. It was so awesome to be here. Thanks for Dana. Thank you for listening to Storytelling with a Purpose. This has been a Memory Fox production. You can follow Memory Fox on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can also find me on LinkedIn. My name is Carly Euler, or my co-host, Celine Krizan. Um, we're also on TikTok. You can follow me at Carly underscore Memfox. Um, we post some fun nonprofit marketing and fundraising tips on there. You also can meet my dog. And I also like to post about my latest hot takes on reality TV, if that's of interest to you as well. Finally, we really would love to hear from you. Um, we, like I said, this month, we are chatting about storytelling culture, building a storytelling culture and all things around that topic. If you have uh, a topic suggestion, if you have any questions, or if you want to just submit some feedback to us, please head to storytelling.memfox.io backslash pod. We'll put that in the show notes. And we really are looking forward to hearing from you. Happy storytelling, everyone. <laughs>